It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's the bluest room in town. Yeah, they're actually funny. Idrissa Garner Gay, we're inside the final five minutes of the 90, and here is Idrissa Garner Gay for Everton! Brilliantly finished! Well, Everton are starting and finishing this game superbly well. His first for Everton since April. Yes, welcome to the Blue Room. We are here on a Monday for the first of what's going to be a new weekly show. It's going to be called Blue Monday. Uh, we are exhausting all the blue puns we can here <laughs> on the Blue Room for our shows. But it's going to be myself and Dave Downey. It's going to be free every week. It's going to be available on YouTube as well. So if you're listening to us, uh, do leave a rating, do leave a review. It all helps. And if you want to watch us on YouTube and see. Well, only myself today because Dave's got his camera off, but I'm reliably informed he will have it on <laughs> from next week. But we will. We are building a bit of a community over there as well. So do head over to YouTube. If you watch us on YouTube, do subscribe as well. But Dave, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I think when we um, when we come up with doing this show again, made me think back to a long, long time when we've done this sort of thing, just me and you chatting on about stuff. Partly because it was only me and you at the start of the blue room. We didn't have any other contributors going, did we? Well, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's we've always sort of wanted to do a show on a Monday. Yeah. And which sort of felt like the the right time. And, and I'd say it's probably going to be about 80% Everton and then 20% bits and pieces from from across. Yeah. You know, well, there's a, a lot of other things that happens over the weekend that I know we've got one to talk about later in the, in this show, but there'll be stuff to crop up, won't there? Um, yeah. Ridiculous games, ridiculous goals, ridiculous um, VAR stuff, no doubt as well, that we'll be talking about. Um, and they'll probably be Everton-related anyway, so... Yeah, but obviously most of the Blues and um, much more of a pleasant chat now that they're actually doing all right. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 
Uh, so just to give people a bit of a form, like a you know, a review of the format, um, we're going to start off by naming our Everton player of the weekend to begin the show. And that, that could be Dave. It could be one from the men's team, could be one from the women's team, could be somebody from the academy. Uh, putting no, no shackles on that, really, as we go forward, mm. because there might be the odd weekend, which wasn't like last weekend, where <laughs> Everton men don't play particularly well. And there are, so we won't need to broaden it out a little bit going forward, but a few candidates this weekend. Uh, and then we're going to sort of have a bit of a second look back at the game at the weekend, whatever that, that may have been. And then we're going to just sort of open up to, to wider football and each have a, a chat about a moment from, from football in general that, that caught our attention this weekend and, and finish off with that. Um, so Dave, I'll throw it over to you first. Obviously a great win at the weekend for the Blues, 3-2. At Crystal Palace, sort of about that scoreline against these, isn't it? Um, which yeah. always seems to crop up. And we had a, a couple of free twos at Goodison in about 2013, 2014 as well, which we were on the wrong end of. Obviously, we had that one in 2022, which will live on in the memory for a while. And <laughs> this one as well, but um, interesting one in terms of a player of the, of the weekend, really, Dave, or player of the, the match from, from this game, because it's few different candidates, but but who did you decide to go with in the end? Well, when when I say this one, Matt, I think that the listeners will instantly say you're just saying this to try and like cause a bit of controversy. Um, but I think just just to just to throw in a couple first, and I know you'll probably pick one of these, but obviously um Garner who scores the goal at the end and when he came on throwing Arna was superb, I think. Um Centre back wise, I thought it was probably the weakest performance I've seen from a couple of players, including Brantwise. I thought that was a difficult one for him. Michalenko just continues to become better than Leighton Baines. <laughs> um, but my, my pick uh, is quite remarkably given where he's been. And I quoted him uh, the other day as going from zero to hero, is actually Ashley Young. And um, since he's been with us and I've kicked off over and being a 38-year-old who should have ended his career when he was 28. Um, I thought he was excellent against uh, against Crystal Palace. I thought he had um, Harrison in front of him as well, who helped him quite a lot, which I think was the idea against Brighton, but many people, critics, including me, were very, very critical of Young himself for getting ripped apart by uh, by Brighton's top-class left-winger. Um, but I, I thought... He, sorry? Matoma, told yeah. me, yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, I thought that was as solid a performance I've seen from him in Everton share. But also, I think you take away the context of who he is and when he came to us and all the furore that we had over that. I thought he was excellent against Crystal Palace, and um, yeah, I, th- I think he deserves a lot of credit for how he was. Do you know what the, the biggest compliments I can pay him from that game is that like there were times where I just forgot he was there. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like, whereas like, I, I thought, which you know indicated that. He was he was doing his job, I think, as a defender <laughs> or, or defensive midfielder. Like that's kind of what you want. Whereas last week, I thought he played well for an hour, but he was he was actively involved in the game all the time because I think Brighton were were targeting his side um, with with Matoma and, and Milner in that first half. But but yeah, I think I, I think it was obvious to me that he had a week's rest and, and therefore looked a lot sharper. There wasn't a spell in the yeah. game later on where it looked like he was. It was really flagging. I think a few players mm. maybe look like they were a little bit, but I think it's an interesting shout. And I think as long as we get, as long as he gets sufficient rest between games, you know, and by that I mean a, a full week, 
I reckon he can be an, an asset to us wherever he plays, be it right back or, or left back. I think it's just when when it comes up to the Christmas period now, um, you know, you don't want him to be playing on the 27th and then the, the 30th or whenever we've got our games. It feels like you need to to actually put some trust in, in Patterson or somebody else at, at times. But, you know, I, I think you're right in terms of how well he played at the weekend. But, I mean, it's, for me, Dave, it's, it, it's got to be Mikalenko. It, it, you know, it's <laughs> involved in the first two goals so much in terms of, you know, the first one, it's his shot that gets deflected, goes out wide, and he's there with the header. The second goal, he actually makes a great run forward and puts a cross in, which Gay puts behind for the corner, which in turn leads to to the goal as well. Then as the shot, which hits the post, the, the force to the core. Um, I, I, I don't know what it is that has happened with him or whether it's uh, you know, something they've been working on necessarily, but it just seems to have just kind of all come together for him recently. I think I think I think he's been helped a little bit by, by McNeil's playing a, a bit more narrow now, which gives him mm-hmm. space on that left hand side to, to get forward a bit more. But it, it just seems like he's sort of been freed up over the last few weeks. And you know, I don't think he's going to carry on getting goals and assists every <laughs> week. But you know as he approaches two years as an Everton player, it's it's definitely the best he's looked in in the blue shirt, isn't it? Well again he uh, mentioned that about young this is very similar but a, a little bit higher. Uh, up the ladder than him. Um, I mean, you think back to how critical people were in terms of defensively. Um, thought he'd be getting ripped apart by a lot of players in the Premier League. Um, th- there was a lot of lot of baggage that came with him. Obviously, what's happened in his in his home country and whatnot. And I had a lot of sympathy with him initially when he joined us with that. And then it, it looked to me like a player who'd just always be on the bench. He'd end up going somewhere else for a lot cheaper than we actually purchased him for. And then um, I think there's been times where he's had to be played at left-back, um, given the, the lack of choice on that side. Um, various reasons why he was consistently still in the eleven. But, you know, you'd look at him and you'd see a lot of people rolling their eyes that he was playing at left-back and hopefully not the player that caused us any trouble in the game. By and large, I don't think that was that was too much of a case when with a bit of hindsight. Um, because, look, let's face it, similar to Young, but obviously a lot younger, it's a very easy position to criticise. Um, I think when you've got a left-back who... Do, we've had Leighton Baines, let's face it, anybody who comes in after him is going to be a letdown uh, when you compare to how Leighton Baines was as a, as a legend for many years. Um, and yet, I think you're right with... I think it's a, a really interesting question that you've you've put forward there in terms of, I don't know if this is Sean Dice working with him, you know, every every single day or every few hours a day to tell him how, to, how he wants him to play at left back, or whether this has just come in naturally because of everything else that goes on with him, and even himself starting to get a little bit more confidence. And I put it back to this on um, one of the weeklies last week was uh, the goalie scores against Brighton. Every single person ran up that pitch to celebrate with him, apart from Jordan Pickford for obvious reasons. Well, like definitely doesn't he? Yeah, and it looked to me like there's um. He's really comfortable, and obviously there was nothing obvious. To, there wasn't anything obvious to that previous to those uh, that those sort of experiences and the games that he's had lately. And, and we, would, I think you mentioned last week about that goal he scored against Leicester, um, <laughs> and you think because he actually got that he very nearly did the exact same when in terms of creating that for the core. But yeah, I think the positions you've seen him in as well, there's a lot more confidence growing in his game because you, you mentioned the header that he scored after getting it out to the right-hand side and getting whipped in. No idea um, 
why any left-back would... I know he's obviously ran in after passing the ball out there, but the way he wins a header in the six-yard box, you ever didn't imagine a general left-back doing that, let alone one that seems to be fine and what he needs to do in Premier League. Um, and, I, yeah, I think he deserves immense credit, that lad. And defensively as well, the, the, one, the thing I wanted to refer to him about was against Salah uh, at Anfield. I know Salah... People couldn't say that this, I was serious saying this, but you actually watched the full game. I know Salah scored two in it, but Michalenko had them all afternoon. And I mean, all afternoon, I've spoken to a lot of Liverpool fans who've said Salah did absolutely nothing because he was taking him on. He was winning the ball all the time. He was knocking it upfield. Salah had nothing around him. Um, th- those those are big gets for him. You know, yeah. when you think about a young lad getting some confidence in that position, then yeah, I mean, you, I, I can't. He's at the. I know I mentioned Ashley, uh, Ashley Young, but I can't imagine anybody else who's near the top of the list in terms of people who've impressed for us in the last few weeks. Yeah, and then, and I think as as well. I'm just trying to think about why this may have come about, and like I think the plays we've both picked, maybe maybe there's something in that you know Ashley Young as as much as when you think about him at his best, he is somebody who who gets to the byline, cuts inside, and, and puts crosses into the box. Like maybe, maybe there's been a bit of a realization in, in the last few weeks, certainly since that that game at Anfield. That if you're going to play young, he's effectively going to play as sort of a, a tucked in third centre back. Like do you know, do you know like how Coleman was playing at times last season yeah. in the team. Like cause you, you look at them, and while they they still work hard, they just can't get forward anymore. Mm. And maybe with with that in mind, and Young being a bit more of a of a defensive fullback who's gonna who's gonna sit and, and back up the players as opposed to overlap all the time and, and get crossed into the box. Maybe that's just given Mikalenko a, a bit more freedom to to get forward. And you know, I, I don't think this is gonna continue by any means him him scoring and, and getting assists every week because I don't really think he's that type of player. But I, I think what we've seen from him at times is that he is a, a strong runner. Like he, 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 you know, he can get down the line and, and get at the crosses and he's, he can be strong when he's carrying the ball. So I don't think there's any reason why he can't... I don't, I don't think he'll necessarily be a constant creative presence for us on the left-hand side, but I think he can be an outlet. I think that's something he definitely can be because he's got the the running power and, and the energy to do that. Whereas you look at Young on the other side and and while he's got some attributes that are, that are positive, he, he, he just physically cannot do that anymore. So, so perhaps there's been a bit of a a shift in regards to maybe we all thought Young was going to be that fullback who would be a bit more creative and getting forward more, but actually, as it turned out, it's it's going to be Mikalenko, and and that's how the balance has kind of worked. Yeah, it is, and it was going back to the, the question I asked there. It'd be interesting to see what our listeners get back to us in. There's a lot of facets to what Dice has done, which have put us into a decent run and make us look a little bit more comfortable. And I, I don't know if that's one of those things. And you mentioned there, uh, Ashley Young. I mean, you don't put it past a couple of, especially an opinions lad like him, referring to the fact he's 38 years old. He hasn't got the pace he used to, so that I think it makes it pretty obvious that he's not going to be charging down the line, trying to get to the byline and whip crosses in. He gets forward now and again, but I think you're right. It's a little bit more of a little bit more easy if players are looking to do that. If if anybody else is looking to to pile forward there, you generally leave a centre back and him there. You've got you know you've got two protecting this day ten on the counter attack. And yeah, I think Michelangelo's um he's definitely benefiting from it, Matt. And I, I like the way there's a confidence in getting the ball 
midfield, you know, when, when the ball's getting diagonally put in by Branthwaite or Tarkovsky looking in to play a diagonal. He's heavily involved in that now. And the ball's getting headed to him a lot more. So that's obviously a lot more confidence with him in that. And like you said, you we're bigging him up here and like we'll be good if he doesn't score three in the next three games when he when we come <laughs> back after the international break. But yeah, I hope it continues the way he's been because um it's lovely to see something like that where the lad who came to us who looked relatively shy. Obviously, we don't know him behind closed doors, but looked very shy. Um looked a little bit intimidated as as, as most players who've never played in the Premier League would probably feel. And now it's got done a complete 180. And um it's a really it's a really Nice thing to see when you see somebody who looks he looks so humble as well. Not someone who looks like he's got an attitude like any other footballer that you typically see. Um there's an emotional side of I think what of us watching him see. And yeah, long may it continue. Yeah. He's very easy sort of lad to root for and want to do well, isn't he? Like that. That's a given. And I'm glad he's doing it. Um hundred percent. Uh, so just on the game itself then, Dave, I will encourage people to go and listen to the the post match. Uh, podcast you and Pete did as well, not only for for both of your expert analysis, but also <laughs> for, uh, for the audio at the start from from our mate Maggie and I think Laura and, and Connor were, were down there as well. Um, sound like a an absolutely superb away end at Sellhurst. But just just on reflection, I mean, on my thoughts, like I'm sort of sitting there watching it, albeit on a on a phone screen in a in a pub in the in the middle of Anglesey. Um, signal was a bit in and out, but. From from what I saw, I, I don't think Everton played amazingly. Um, no, but I think it was a match that was very much about the intangibles for us. In the sense that there were so many times in that game where I sort of, you know, sat back in my seat, shrugged my shoulders, and went, "Oh, we're going to lose this now. Or or the roof's going to going to come in here." You know, one of them was after four minutes when they equalised. The other one was in the the, the second half when they got it back to two two and. And they were piling the pressure on, and you just sort of thought that you know, knowing Everton as intimately as we do, um, that that it was only going to go one way. But the things that you know, Sean Dice talks about in terms of mentality, in terms of tenacity, in terms of having the right mindset, or all, all these things that don't you can't necessarily quantify with with stats and you know, and numbers and, and that kind of thing. Um, they were all on show in abundance and, and credit to, to the players on the pitch because while they, they, they weren't the best, they didn't play necessarily really well from an attacking point of view. When those moments came about, they were they were ruthless. They were so clinical and it feels a a long way um, off from what we saw at the start of last season, mm. at the start of this season, even when we were getting in those positions in those home games, creating chance after chance. And he went sticking them away. Um, so it was sort of very much an inverse of what we saw at the start of the season and I, and I couldn't have been more delighted. Yeah, performance like that is very much what um, you'd expect from the way we line up. I, mean, I, I don't know whether it's, it's... It's a conversation that sort of... Um, I think many of us have kept speaking about for quite some time in terms of um, the way in which a typical Sean Dice side... Of, be playing in the Premier League and there's been a big stereotype towards him obviously from the Burnley years the only time when he's been able to keep Burnley in the Premier League has been going through a really um, not very fashionable style of play um, you don't really want to be a fan there watching this in the ice it's ice cold over Christmas you don't want to go to Turf Moor and watch them with 10% possession in games and just trying to hoof it up to Ashley Barnes and the like um, I think there's a lot of 
a lot of, we've said this with a hell of a lot with, with, uh, with managers over the years, but there is a pragmatism to what he plays. Um, it seems to me now that there's, Michalenko probably throw that into, into the field of what I'm saying here, but getting the best out of the, the squad we've got, getting the best out of the players we've got. And yeah, of course, that's going to take some time. He came in, well, pretty much halfway through last season. We just about stayed up. But if you look at Everton's performance against Crystal Palace, you would not think that that was played by a team that's only been taught by a manager for just over a year. Um, it, to me, it looked like you're, get, you're getting the best out of every single player that you've got on the team. Um, and uh, substitution's always been a, a massive bugbear of mine. Um, and I thought it was an, an, an expert way that he did that, which is the complete opposite to last week against Brighton. I thought that the substitutions he made was was appalling, given the amount of time he put them in. And I know we've, but you know we we've carried on about this for years. Substitutions going on far too late uh, against Crystal Palace was the, the complete opposite of what he did against Brighton. But what you're talking about there in general about the game and um, the, the way it panned out, and I, I think. You know, refer to this quite a lot. Whenever we scored an early goal, I think that's it. Now that's a disaster because that means the opposition, particularly if you're away from home, are just going to hammer you. Just, just constantly keep the ball all the time, and it's just going to be chance after chance, ball after ball, into the area. And let's face it, although we're improving, you don't necessarily think that Everton are going to be able to keep a clean sheet for ninety when you've got a, t- a decent team attacking it all all day long. And nonetheless, that happened. Um, they go and equalise after a few minutes. And again, there's two occasions straight away inside the first 10 minutes where I've thought, this is us going in shit for the rest of this game. To score first means automatically you're going to go and sit back, um, which fair play to Dice in the way the other system we have. They like to just call that up before they go on a counter-attack to Everton. And then when after that long, they get a penalty. Um, after after we've gone back in front, they get a penalty, which I don't want to spend too long on him, but I thought he was a disgrace. As I am a big, big fan of his, um, but he was throwing himself about some ridiculous things he did diving about. Thankfully, the referee didn't wasn't confident with the uh, with the second one, but the, the the persistence we had to stay how we were was was really impressive and somewhat surprising to me, Matt. Um, you know, the midfield area as well, there seems to be a consistency. Now he's found how he wants to shape this midfield rather than at the end of the game, one of the main things we're talking about is, well, why is he running on? Why isn't he dropped deep? Why haven't we got a flat midfield at certain times? It didn't look like there was any sort of consistency. Um, this again being very different to Brighton as well was one that I was particularly interested in given how different you had to play against the side that is the, probably the complete opposite to a Brighton team. Um, in order to get them in the shape that he wanted um, to play how they did. And I wouldn't go as far as to say counter-attacking because, let's face it, Crystal Palace played quite deep themselves. Um, there was a there was an input of, of, of decent passing of the ball. And again, something that we I don't think we've been particularly any good at. Um, th- this looked like a different event. And I know I'm, I'm, these are the classic <laughs> kiss of death so yeah because we come back and play Man United the home of the next game don't we um, oh, how many times we said... I'm sure we'll talk but... about that more during the international break but I, I think that's a perfect game for us after the break absolutely like perfect yeah. kickoff time perfect opponents like yeah I can't wait for that but like I said we'll talk about that more towards the end of the break <laughs> yeah and that's it um, you've said it yourself Dan, in a matter of seconds how you're looking forward to a game 
the fact it's a Goodison is the issue we really need to sort out right now because I said I've said this in the last fortnight, I feel much more comfortable when Everton play for home, playing away from home than at Goodison. And if you look to it with hindsight now, you look to the fact we've only won one home game um, and the other teams that we've played be a hell of a lot. I know we're relatively comfortable as it stands, but we'd be smack in the middle of this um, of the Premier League table had we yeah. been learning how to do this. And I, th- I do think that's an issue for Dice to get the home performances um in, in better shape than what we see when we go away because it seems to suit us when we're away from home. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, something you just said then just made me actually think in regards to, to Dice being pragmatic. And like I, I imagine like if, if people were talking about Everton and their away form and looking at the, the results, that, you know, I think they would expect us to get our away points in, in a certain way, given who our manager is. But I, I, I don't think by any means this has been Everton going to grounds and sitting in with 11 lads on the... The, um, the goal line from from minute one because if you if you actually look back through the, the fixtures we've had away from home under Dice and I've only just thought of it thought of this now so I'll look into it a bit more ahead of one of the shows in the week but you know you go you go um, Nottingham Forest last season penalty we score after ten minutes to Mari Gray um, you go to Brighton away we score within a minute of starting that game we score early at Leicester Carvert Lewin penalty. Um, as well, and then you go into this season. We score an early goal at Sheffield United. We score an early goal at Brentford. We score within a minute um, of the you know kick off at the weekend. We score within ten minutes against Aston Villa in, in the, the League Cup. You know th- this isn't a team that's going to to all these grounds and just going right. Come at us, and, and we'll soak everything up. I think at times uh, away from home, and maybe this kind of plays into what other managers think of of Dice and the way he wants us to play, but. You know, we seem to go after teams and try and catch them cold, mm. and and you know, you, you know, look at look at the goal to start off at the weekend, for example. You know, that's yeah. having having your left back in the six yard box getting on the end of of a cross <laughs> fifty seconds into the game. That that's not a team that's come to sit in and, and soak up pressure and and defend entirely. That's a team that, that's on the front foot and, and being positive and, and being aggressive, and and maybe he's not got quite enough credit for that at times. Maybe he's still viewed as this manager who. 
who will set his stall out and play for set pieces. And, and while listen, we have we have been good at that, and we've had to do that at times in these games. And you look at all those examples there, and, and that's a team that, that's going to, to these grounds and going, you know what? We actually we actually quite fancy this, and we're gonna we're gonna try and put you on the back foot straight away and be proactive instead of waiting to see what you do. Mm. I know every week you do um the preview with whoever we've got on. Um I think it's an interesting thing that uh, I'd, I'd well obviously we'll hear it as we go through the season. How much different clubs um, don't don't want to play against Everton as much as they have done previously because of exactly what you've said there. I think it, it does. Um, it it catches catches a lot of cold. I think like Palace then when you're scoring goals early on and when you're trying when you just as soon as the whistle goes everyone's stamping forward. I know it's obviously not that. Um, that sort of crazy what we try and do, but well, it kind it kind of was, wasn't it, on Saturday? Like, but the, the the point I mean that is he's not going to have, you know, the, or every def- every defender going forward to a corner that goes in. I'm talking about the enthusiasm that we start with, where you've got yeah. those you've got those fullbacks running forward, you've got Calvert Lewin interested in dropping a little bit deeper, trying to receive the ball, have someone run upside up, up there alongside them, and um, like the Corey, he's done it many times. And, and and I don't think that many opponents, unless they've done the homework properly, which I wouldn't imagine they do anyway, because it's not something they necessarily think of. Oh, <clears throat> Everton on the counter attack. That's the main thing we need to put when we go into training. It will shock a few sides. And I think you're right about um, the, the dice side of things. <clears throat> I think it's something that <laughs> I think many people have actually spent hours talking about this fella. Um, you think back to when we first got him, and obviously it's to have another conversation about this, perhaps while... Um, the international breaks smack in the middle of everything, but the narrative that's gone with him since he came in to where we are up to now, and you've just mentioned it perfectly. There it is. You're looking at somebody who who hasn't just stuck with his guns from what people have expected from him. I mean, it, I'll be honest when when I thought we were getting him at any point <clears throat> before we even got Lampard, and when he was mentioned around um, Benitez times, so many people. And I bet you'd lie to you now. It would, would be saying I don't want to Everton anywhere near associated with Sean Dice. Um, given that he was sacked, uh, of it he sacked against against uh, Burnley the year they last went down. Given the reputation he's got around how they play, given the times when we've gone there and played against them, thought oh, I really don't want to play Burnley because it's just not going to be a nice game of football to watch. Um, those stereotypes, I think I wouldn't say they're completely gone, but I'd say they're quite vastly starting to to remove from people's first uh, opinions of him. And it makes me start to think about those days in Burnley. You're thinking maybe he just played like that because that's the, that's the actual team and squad that he's got there. That's, that's the only reason he can play with that team. And I've certainly been thinking that about us, obviously in a completely different regard. I look at these things and I think, well, Everton are playing different than what you'd expect from Sean Dice, but he's looking at what he's got and getting the best out of each of them, what he's got. And I just think that's such a sensible approach that he's taking. Um, listening to how he talks as well, uh, I know a lot of people think it's pretty boring because he bangs on about the same thing every week. But when he talks, it's it's almost like he has that belief in 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 his mind when he's speaking. You you've been along and listened to a lot of it as well, Matt. Um, and when you're aware so much of of what he's come out with, the comments he's made, and he bats everything. Everything goes straight back back to journalists with a straight bat. Um, you know, probably in, and it's. Speaking to Joel Thomas about this, it's not it's not the ideal thing you want when you go on to write a piece about what's just happened at a press conference or indeed working in audio. But um, there's a consistency to it that we haven't really had, and 
I mean, would you go as far as saying it's it, this is refreshing the way Sean Dice has been because we're only what twelve games into a season, or are we going too far to say that sort of thing? I think it's annoying when you're losing. Like that's that's what I would say. Like, yeah. like earlier in the 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 season, like when we were losing those games, and he was staying within that kind of bubble of perspective that he has. I think you know, going more away from being a, a journalist and broadcaster to being a fan. I think you want that that extra bit of emotion, don't you? You want you want that that passion. And that's not to say he's not a dispassionate fella, but I think when he comes off the sidelines and goes into interviews and goes into press conferences, he's been in this, you know, industry long enough to, to be able to just switch into that mode. Do you know, do you know like do you know, like when you switch into the mode of not swearing when you're around your parents when you were a kid? Like you, you'd be in you'd be in school and you'd say all <laughs> kinds of, of terrible language, and then you'd get home and you'd just automatically switch into that that mindset of right, I'm not yeah. gonna swear anymore. Um it's a bit like that. I like I like Daish. Daish is not swearing in front of his parents is effectively like he goes into press conferences and he just goes into that mode. And it, and it and it is annoying, but you know, I think I think now now we're on the other side of it, you can say, you know, having that that you know that gravitas to perspective has, yeah. has really helped us because I imagine as much as you know I think he goes into a bit of a, a mode and you know maybe sometimes it's it's not totally sincere what he's got to say I imagine that message about we're doing the right things XG things are going to turn for us was probably drilled into the players as well and, and I'm sure while there must would have been moments where they felt down about it that you know the spirits and the the ideas would have have still permeated through and maybe we're seeing that now you know but it but again if it flips it, it might be a bit different but yeah. I think he's I think he's just always going to be you know I, I don't really get the sense from him that he likes doing things like press conferences or, or media he's very much a, a a football manager he wants to manage his football team and, and that's it and he could probably do without all the other stuff if he yeah if he wanted um but no I think listen early in the season I think he got a lot of lot of criticism. You know, I was pretty critical of him a lot of times. But if you look at the way we've we've gone about things since the the international break, the last international break, you know, going going to Anfield and being quite unlucky there, really. You could, you mm-hmm. could say in hindsight now, uh, with that non red card for Canati, who knows how, how that football match would have been. But let's take seven points from nine in the last three Premier League games with some tricky fixtures in there. Mm-hmm. Progressing the cup as well. It's it's been it's been a really good few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I think um, <clears throat> I think I've banged on about this quite long, but I, I think it's um, it's important to keep uh, to keep discussing about that. And I think we touched upon it in terms of how we've played, sort of in the first twenty minutes of what we've been talking about, the possession stuff. Um, and it was interesting. I was talking to a fan last week, and it was uh, look. Perhaps people are taking this out of context because. Brighton scored really late and denied us three points. And the way in which we played in that game, Brighton dominated um, 99% of the game. They had us ping back in our own half, uh, only up to the halfway line at times. You had Calvert-Lewin trying to be somebody who's chasing things on as it goes, um, the ball's played out. I don't know whether that was a lot to do. I think it was to do for us to go 1-0 up here and defend what we've got against the side that... Most games against any side in the Premier League has the majority of possession. The thing that got me, and the thing that we spoke about um, in the last couple of weeks, actually, is how the patience of a lack of possession is really showing with how we are. Now, 
what I've been about that is, look, it's it's easy for someone to say to me, referring to that as in, oh, Sean Dice frustrated them in um, in training every week before a match. Hey, lads, you need to learn how to play when you've only got 25, 30% of the ball. This is what's... So you need to do this, 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 and this. I don't think that can be the case whatsoever um, because essentially how can you practice in training by saying you're not going to have much of the ball? I don't I don't think it's able unless you were to get, I don't know, team of under-21s in there and you, you'd have sort of a behind-closed-doors match where you make one other side to dominate possession. I just don't think there's, a, there's not a way you can do that. I'd love to know if there was and how it's done possibly. But the formula we seem to have like that and um, I've searched through every single game that we've had so far this season and I think bar one or two and I think that was like Doncaster we've had less less possession of the ball than our opponents by in a large way in most of the math and, and you know I'm talking like the one that shocked me and surprised me and made me think about it a lot more was Burnley at home in the league cup you're playing against Burnley who are really struggling I know Vincent Company's got what he wants to do there that he's trying to he's trying to come up with a style of play that he he thinks he'll keep them in the Premier League. Ironically, it's 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 not working from what we've seen so far. And the other irony is that Sean Dice was the one who played in a different style of play that actually made them more successful in the Premier League a few years ago. But when I've looked at this and I've seen like you know, if you were told before a game that you'd only have 25, 30% of the ball, um, you know, away against Crystal Palace, um, away against Brighton, uh, Brentford, sorry away against West Ham, you'd think there's no way we, we've come out of that game with a positive result. Oh, I don't know. That, I, think I, I think I would. Like, nah, no, this, but I, this, I just mean, now, I mean yeah. this, the way it is now, I'm not just saying like in, in general, I mean, and this is the thing when I was talking to this guy about, uh, about the game itself against Brighton and he's saying to me, I can't put up with that shit. If Everton, if Everton are playing like that, regardless of the scoreline, I don't want to go into into Goodison. And I, I think that would well, fit in with what I was saying before about we've only got that one win at home against Bournemouth. How many times we go to Goodison, even in the in the best of days, where our fans get really impatient about certain things that happen in games, and one of them in particular will be we're not attacking much because we don't have enough of the ball. That is going to take a lot of. Um, a lot of patience for us to be that side. It wasn't as noticeable last season, and we were okay good us in last season with with Dice. But um, I think now with that possession, it does it, it often, and maybe it's just me. It does it, it astonishes me the fact that we're still getting positive results. But that's where there's more credit that goes to Dice and this side to say to stay so disciplined when you're playing a game where you think, you know what, we need to do a lot more, i.e. against Crystal Palace, they still had a hell of a lot more of the ball than us. One way we had, we were a lot better, I think, when we had it. we we I think what we do, Matt, is when we have possession, it feels far more important than when you have more of it. Like, it's crucial we've got the ball, we've got to do something positive with this because we're not going to have it as much, let's be honest about this. And um, it's... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what you think. And, and uh, obviously, listeners of this are probably going to get involved in this. But they can, uh, and it goes without saying, it's obvious that they're fine with it as long as we win games. But are they are they okay with that? Is is the way Everton are the way Everton play these days? That pragmatic, the, 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 the what we said before about Dice and the way he sorted things out. It's the, the, obviously watching what you see at Goodison will make will 
make a difference for many people who go there to watch. But can you can you see that persistent and being positive for us? I know it's been one hundred percent positive recently. The results, the wins we've got by not having much of the ball compared to opponents, is that something that across a season is going to be successful? I think it's it's something that will we'll obviously have a sell by date because. Like yeah. uh, the danger with this style of football is that as soon as you stop winning, it's like, well, what are we here for? But but I think there's like a, a general appreciation now from the the fan base that you know we are a team that is you know in the lower mid table region of the league. It's all about points. We haven't got players who can split as centre backs and play out from the back. We we can't do all those things. Does that yeah. not always change when <laughs> maybe? No, no, I like it. no, but you know, you start winning games, you start winning games like that, and we get to a stage that I don't know. Look, with three points off or four points off, like 12th, 11th, 12th, or something like that, and whatever Chelsea are and whatever people are talking about there inside and above us. And I think right now is that attitudes change for us, given recent results, recent wins that you're looking up the table now, as opposed to thinking. Wow, you know, we're eight points ahead of the bottom three. Again, the bottom three are the three sides that came up, by the way, which a lot of people have doubted this season. Probably figures out that way. But when people start looking up, and I've seen loads of people say that to our replies, saying it was negative in the in the post matches and stuff like that. When there's a little bit of trepidation when you're like, I'm, I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, Everton can make it into the top ten. It's obviously a sad thing to say these days, but. Got people saying to me, oh, do you know what? If we stay like this, you know, you're looking at top seven, top top eight. <laughs> Everton aren't going anywhere near that, in my opinion, anyway. And I think that's what most sensible fans would say. It's just it's just one step at a time, isn't it? Like, you know, <coughs> the manager's not even been here a year. You've got so many <laughs> yeah. different types. He's got he's still got a squad which is built from previous managers. Yeah. I, I think style of play is the the last thing on my on my list personally really you know I, I think what I want to see is just the team that's you know, you know I, I don't really look too deep into the stats and stuff like that but even all those seem to indicate this is a team getting better but just in terms of the eye test and what I've seen of Goodison recently and what I've seen from these away games this this is a team that is is getting better and that for now that that will do for me style and and all that sort of stuff can come later. If Everton are yeah. staying eight points clear of the relegations over the rest of the season, I'm absolutely <laughs> fine. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, we are, we are going to wrap up this, the show this weekday by, like I said, a quick chat about uh, some of your favorite moments from football, either in the Premier League or, or around the globe. Um, I'm going to start off with, with mine. I've got, I've got a couple. 
of honourable mentions as well. Um, and they're both from, from Spain. So the first one um, involves our former manager, Rafael Benitez, um, who's had a lot of late goals go against them this season in La Liga. Uh, last week, he had a goal go against him, which VAR gave, and he started talking about NASA and the laws of physics and stuff. <laughs> in his, in his, uh, <laughs> right, honest, honest to God, I'm not, not even messing there. Um, so he lost it a bit then. <laughs> and uh, Back in action again this weekend, Celta, they are athletic, Bilbao, and they conceded a 97th minute penalty uh, to lose 4-3. So they had a bit of a shocker. Uh, and the other story, which is definitely worth following um, from La Liga this season, is Girona. Um, have you seen where they are on the table in La Liga, Dave? No. Nope. The top of the table. Girona? Yeah. So they're ahead of Real Madrid and Barcelona. They've had an absolutely incredible season. Um, the record after 13 games reads 1-11, draw one, lost one. Um and this weekend they won two one. Uh, forgot who it was. They won, yeah, they won. They won two one at Rayo Vallecano. So they are having an, an incredible season. Uh, they've got a bit of a mad team um, <laughs> with some some familiar players in there. Um, some of you won't recognise. Well, Daily Blinds there at the moment um, off of Man United. Uh, former oh, yeah. City midfielder Yangel Herrera is there. Uh, as well, um, so they're having Gazaniga. Do you remember him from Southampton and Tottenham? He's yeah, I do. Yeah, remember him? Yeah, yeah. So they've got a bit of a a, a mixed bag of a, a team, uh, but they're absolutely flying high. But the best moment of the weekend, Dave, was in Italy. Uh, Federico Di Marco uh, at the San Siro in the forty third minute scored from just inside. His own R from out on the left hand side. Di Marco, it's a great ball. Di Marco early. Early! Oh my word! Well, if he meant it, it's one of the goals of the season from Di Marco, regardless. Where did that come from? Absolutely stunning from Di Marco. How does he score, Matt? Tell the listeners how you think he scores. Well, you don't think he meant it. And I'm sure people have seen this on social media, gone viral now. And and my view is that if he's mishit that, that is some mishit. And that's, that's no. the only reason I think he's not, <clears throat> he's not um, fluked it in. Because if that's a cross, that is a terrible cross. Like, if we're looking at, like, a Wobie-level crossing no, for that. It, I don't know. I, we'll put a poll on this when we put the link onto onto Twitter. Leave leave your comments on YouTube. Where you think yeah, please do. That. I don't. I don't think he's meant it whatsoever. Because firstly, I don't think I've I've seen, to my knowledge, ever seen a winger who's really the, as far as you can get on a left hand side or a right hand side have it in their minds. It's going to be the audacity to have a goal or lobbing the goalkeeper from where where they actually are. Um, if you think about it in your mind, it's remember Beckham against Wimbledon all those years ago, but directly on one of the sides, he's left-footed, and it, it it's a remarkable it's a remarkable strike. I'll give you that. But the point I made was, and you might hopefully people will agree with me more than you, was they had two forwards running through, and I try I I think he's tried to whip one into them uh, when they're on the counter attack and trying to get in behind the the other side's back four, and I think he's completely mishit it. 
but Miss hits it perfectly. It's gone over the keeper and it, it's it's gone into the back of the net. And he, obviously, I'd love to see an interview, but he's never, ever, ever going to tell the truth if he, if he didn't mean it. So, did you see John Joe Shelby score? From, Absolutely. Did you see John Joe Shelby score from his own half in Turkey as well this weekend? John Joe Shelby? Yeah, he definitely meant it. Oh, yeah. Matt, you must be loving this, mate, because for uh, ever since I've known, yeah. I don't think I know anybody who loves European football more than you. So you must have you must have had the field day looking at all this stuff going on. The other side they did want to point towards it as well. Actually, what is going on at Ajax? Well, yeah, I've not I've not read loads about that recently, but they've, they've picked up a little bit again, haven't they? They're off the <coughs> bottom of the table. Yeah, um, but Brighton did them last week as well, didn't they? Yeah, I didn't I didn't see what the the result was at the weekend, but. I mean, it's it's oh God, an absolute disaster, mm. isn't it? What's oh yeah, I tell you one to compare that goal you've just mentioned. In, it wasn't anything like Harry Kane's the other day. <laughs> no, it was not. No, no. But, um, John Shelby's was low, so I, was. I, I need to go and watch this then. I need to go and watch this. Um, but I actually um, are out the relegation zone anyway. They drew at the weekend. But what what was your what was your uh, favorite moment of the weekend football? Yeah, I mean, man's come uh, much closer to home, uh, and what I think many people will be talking about anyway. So it might be a little bit boring, but it's actually two games um, that Chelsea have featured in. The first one against Tottenham, which um, I Can't think not that day, but it was a week ago. It's it's still it, uh, it's probably not classed this week. Anyway, I just wanted to say I don't think I've seen a half of football that was as crazy as that in the in Premier League history. I don't think I've seen anything like that. Um, you know that Chelsea go on, going to go on and win it, and they did. But I think a lot of people have referred to it as well with Postacoglu's the way he's set up, and he's basically put every player he's got on the halfway line, which and there's not much being made of it since then. Um, I think it'll be spoken about a lot more because they lost against Wolves this weekend. But when you've got a team of whippers, uh, whippers like Chelsea have, they need to simply stay in their own half, and they're going to be through one goal. Um, so it was that, and then... Um, I can't not speak about the four all at Stamford Bridge last night, um, which again, I suppose technically doesn't count as this week either, Matt. But um, that, no, you that can have that. It was the last weekend. That, that's that's all. <laughs> yeah, is that okay? Because yeah, yeah. it's hours ago. You got to have it hours ago. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I think I think it was a fantastic game. I think Man City were going to piss it uh, in the end. The way in which they come back to to two all, then with three two, um, staggering game to watch. I think I haven't seen too much of him. Many listeners might have, but Cole Palmer um, looks like an absolute superstar, and he's certainly going to be one anyway. Uh, I think he, from what I um, heard after the match, he chose to leave Man City to go to Chelsea, um, and that's a brave thing, brave thing to do at his age, as young as he is, to decide to go and do that. To fit, firstly, to leave to leave the team that's just done the treble. Um, he's probably looked at things thinking, how am I ever going to get ahead of Erling Haaland? We're not going to play two strikers up there, although I know um, I know they start to do that a little bit with Alvarez just behind him and running around. But the way in which he is as a striker, he's done well to, be, to have that thought, to have that peace of mind to think, I'm not staying here because I'm not getting a go. Similarly, though, it's a Tuesday you're going to Chelsea. It's not um, not exactly too different, is it? The amount of players they've actually got to stand in front of them. But um, Pochettino's played him for the, for the last few games. Um, I, I think there's there's an there's an edge to how he plays that he needs to sort of fit into his game. But it's the exact kind of thing you'd expect from a young player. Watching him yesterday against City, obviously he's going to have a hell of a lot of emotion against City 
because he's from there. He decided to come away from them for 41 million quid. He's got a lot on his shoulders there, Matt, going to a place like that. I thought he was brilliant. The role he played as well, um, played on, on the left hand, the left and right hand side at uh, different times. He wasn't playing as a striker, which is a little bit new to him as well. Um, and and I think he was brilliant in everything that he did. Uh, I'm, I'm a real admirer of his now. Scored the penalty as well to get it back to to the four all. Um, looks a hell of a lot older on his shoulders than how he actually is. And I think similar to I I love adore Brighton striker Evan Ferguson. I think you've got two there who I hope stay in the Premier League for an entire career because they're just fantastic to watch. My favourite thing about that Palmer is when he gets interviewed, like he must be a nightmare because he is one of those footballers who just gives like, yeah, like if you get ten words, I'll tell him you've done well. Yeah, yeah, that, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. like, like they'll, they'll set him up like a big, long question, <laughs> and then he'd be like, yeah, yeah. Made up. That's that's the that. Like that's that's yeah. like the type of lad he is, isn't he? Yeah, me me and you should be here of doing that. Where you'll spend, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds asking your question. The answer you get back isn't anywhere near as long as what you've actually asked. You think I'm going to look a nightmare here because this fellow won't even talk to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a reporter's nightmare. But like I said, yeah, he's a, yeah, he is a lovely footballer. But... Oh yeah, the, the one thing I want to mention, Martin. I, I think um, when we were sort of preparing for the show today. Uh, I think the Premier League race is uh, incredibly well poised. And I know we're only 12 games in, what, a third of the season in. But you look at what's going on there. You've got first to fifth, three points separating a lot of them. Uh, Villa, Spurs, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City. Um, when we come back, have you seen the games that on the day that we it's come back? Liverpool, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the two big ones, uh, City, Liverpool, also against Man United. <laughs> and... Uh, I just think it's. I hope it sticks out this way. I know it probably won't. The way City just descend to, you know, they they'll run free at some point. Um, they've got Liverpool at home as well, so they're probably expecting to win that. But I think it's going to be really entertaining. I mean, look at how poor United have been. I mean, they're on twenty-one points now. That's only seven the, points off top. So top of the Premier League form table, United, which is mad. Like there's like all the result, like terrible results have come in the cups and the Champions League. But they've been getting ripped apart all over the place. Ten Hag looks like he's about to just start hitting people. Um, it, it's just it's going to be quite a bizarre season. And then just to finish to go down to us now. Obviously, we're up to the heights of 14th, but we are three points off West Ham in ninth. Beat United, it's all sorts of for Europe. We'll smash them. We'll smash them. Pretty, pretty <laughs> Never did you that confident. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just thought about that. I just think it, I just think it's a great game for us. Like, but yeah, yeah. cross cross fingers that we don't get any injuries or anything during the international break. But yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, we'll leave it there. Let us know who you thought was our best player on on Saturday um, or any other Everton players that caught your eye over the weekend. I know the uh, the girls had a tough result, but apparently it was a good performance against Chelsea. So it might be a few to mention from there as well and let us know if you saw anything madder than uh, DeMarco's won the goal slash fluke over <laughs> the do you need to give us a vote on whether you think that's yeah, let, let us know what you think about that yeah um, I'm I'm still saying he meant it Dave doesn't think otherwise no, but, uh, yeah we'll be back again next Monday it'll be an international break um, so we'll have to mix things up a little bit but still still be plenty to talk about uh, and we'll be with you every Monday going forward as well so uh, hit subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube uh, subscribe to us if you listen to the podcast as well leave a rate and leave a review it is always appreciated but that's it from me and Dave that's been Blue Monday we'll speak to you again next week
Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.